Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast. Drop your trick or treat bag wherever the fuck we feel like it. Well, yeah, we've <laughs> we've been gone almost a month, two uh, two and a half weeks. No, not two and a half weeks because uh, I think our last episode was mid February. Yeah. I guess two and a half weeks, three weeks. You were. Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 Rocky. I'm Blaze. And uh, Blaze was uh, traveling a bit, and then in his travels, yep, first time I go out in years, <laughs> somebody got COVID and lost his voice. Oh yeah, yeah, that shit hit me like a fucking wrecking ball. Yeah, it happens. You were dreaming oh, like oh. a wrecking ball. <laughs> I was about to make that joke. Yeah. Also, <laughs> uh, yeah, you you lost your voice. Now now it's back and. You won't shut the fuck up. So that's true. <laughs> you just ah! go outside. Of, <laughs> you just go outside of your place and you just start talking very loudly in the middle of the street. <laughs> your neighbors just come outside and be like, "Will you stop, mm-hmm. please?" Like, sir, I I see you. You bought a Chinese T-shirt that says "Born to Shit, Forced to Wipe." It's not that funny, and I'm like, no, it's great. (laughs) It's hilarious. The funniest thing you've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, but we are continuing now that we're back on our journey through many monsters. In Mini Monster Mania. Mini Monster uh, Mania. Talking about, in our third part, part three of our Mini Monster Mania series, 1988's Hobgoblins. We sure are. (laughs) Did you see the mastered one, or did you watch the original? I watched the, whichever one's on Tubi. Okay, because the the Full Mood Features one, uh, their streaming service has a remastered one, they say. And, uh, like, all of the dialogue is off. <laughs> like, none of, oh, really? Yeah, none of it syncs up. I'm like, that was a really shitty remaster. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, we're going to have our other, our other segments there. I'm sure we'll talk about a video game. I'm sure we'll talk about a folktale. Oh, we have some video games, and we have some folktales. Oh boy. <laughs> I've been holding on to some. <laughs> but uh we got some news. I it's been a few weeks, so some news came, other news went. So we pick and choose which ones we want to talk about. But I think the biggest story that happened in the last few weeks is the last of a dying breed passed away. Well, now a dead breed. Now uh, extinct breed yeah. at this point. Riku Browning, who played uh, Creature from the, the Black Man, Lagoon. yeah, from the Creature from Black Lagoon, passed away at the age of ninety-five. I think. I don't know. Let me look that up. But yes, he was take the last... so young these days. <laughs> <laughs> he was the last of the. Uh, he was ninety-three. Um, he died in Florida. He was born in Florida. Uh, he was always at. Florida Empire. <laughs> and also whenever they did like the creature of the black lagoon screenings there at um silver springs stuff like that he would be there yeah you know i know a lot of like i, I remember you were saying somebody you knew like talked to him and he was kind of a dick yeah and i went and talked to him 
one of those uh, times. I don't, and he he wasn't a dick. He's just really old. Like he was just really old. Like he just did it. It was just like what? Oh, all right. <laughs> it was, it was, I didn't. The first thing I did not think was what a dick. I was just thinking like, oh, he can't hear what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> like, he, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but Rico Browning is the last uh, classic Universal monster actor um, that was that was alive. Of course, you know Bella and Boris died years, a long, long time ago, ago. And, and Lon Chaney Jr., um, Claude Rains, they all died a while back. But uh, Rico Browning was the last one. Uh, also directed, you know, a lot of underwater scenes for different movies. Most famously, he choreographed and directed the underwater scenes for Thunderball. Um, so all those underwater segments in, in James Bond Thunderball, he, he was the one that directed all that stuff. It just seemed like he was really good with underwater stuff. I mean, of course, being the creature and all that. Um, so it, it's sad to see him go, but I mean, he was you know, 93. So. Yeah, I mean... I'll be honest, you know, I, I, like I, I remember when my great uncle uh, Carl, you met him, didn't you? You met Uncle Carl. Yeah, I think so. Good guy, but you know, he was like ninety four or five when he died, and I remember just like sitting there having the most awkward conversation of my life, where he's just like, "I don't want to be here anymore," and I have to assume that's kind of how Rico felt. He was like. I'm done. <laughs> like, please. Yeah. Like, being in your 90s has got to fucking blow because every little thing that happens is an ER visit. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like that Tom Segura joke whenever Tom Segura's talking about his, like, dad's friend. It's like, he's like 85 and. And he just stopped taking his pills. Like he looks like a goblin. Yeah. He warns people when he comes around the corner. It's like, don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, right. But like, I mean, it, it's got to be at that point where it's like, oh, you sneeze too hard. You got to go to ER. You blew out all of your bones. Like, <laughs> it's like, why'd you stop taking your pills? Like, I don't want to be here anymore. It's like, okay, that's understandable. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I, I, I just can't imagine. Like, I hope I don't go till 90s like i mean they're going to advance technology and medicine enough to make us be healthier in our 90s just so we can't retire yeah yeah you're right just so we're forced to keep the capitalist corporate machine going it's like look you know if this shit isn't being fed consistently this whole shit falls apart (laughs) get your old dick back in there a hundreds like we're gonna be like elves except elves have like really cool stories and really cool lives and we'll just be working desk jobs <laughs> and great movies like elves yes <laughs> with dan haggerty well, i think of lord of the rings like middle earth elves but okay <laughs> I was. I was talking about. I thought you were referring to the ones that work for Santa. No, I'm talking like. And I'm like, sure. No, I'm talking like. Uh, oh, you're a hundred. You're still young. Like, <laughs> yeah. No. Fuck no. Why would I? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Santa's elves have such badass lives. They're just yeah. consistently making toys for everyone on Earth forever. <laughs> like. 
Well, that, that's basically what, <laughs> what that's what capitalism is, and that's why they're going to have us live longer. So yeah, that's why I said thing. Middle Earth elves are cooler. <laughs> they got cool shit going on for them and magic. I know. That's why you're excited for that new Dungeons and Dragons movie. Mm. <laughs> did you? Did you? Okay, so. I guess this will segue into our next segment uh, because we're going to talk about Scream 6. Yeah, but whenever you saw Scream 6, did you get a trailer for Dungeons and Dragons oh, yeah. that was like really weird because it, it, it had a narrator over it? and It was, it like, was like a fucking ever. 96 commercial. You were like, what the fuck? You better get ready for this to heat up, Dragon. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck were you it thinking? Was a weird preview. Yeah, yeah, it was like fucking, I was shot back 30 years. <laughs> I felt like I was watching the trailer for dinosaurs. Like, in a land before like, and don't get me wrong I would love commercials to go back to that because it's so bad and I love that Yeah, but that was just so unexpected because it's like here's an A24 film and then it's like do you like Chris Pine <laughs> it's like <laughs> ah what like <laughs> I, I, it was an awkward, awkward preview, and I was super upset watching the preview, but I will give credit where credit's due. I did think the last part of the trailer was kind of funny. Are you talking about the the resurrection? Yeah. Whatever it's like, speak with dad. Dead body I, I did like how they did speak with dad, and it was like, yeah, no, that's game rules. Like, you get five questions, that's it. Like <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. It's just like, okay, if, it, if all the comics would be kind of like uh, offbeat like that and they're, it's all tongue in cheek and they know what they're doing, then it, it may be it may be fine. It may but be I'm fine. Not, like, and yeah. I, you know, I'm totally fine with if they're just like, here's the thing. It's like, if you, I don't know, if, have you ever even played D&D? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, it never goes like, like if you have a good group, it never is serious. It's always like, it goes into a fucking wild, like, why the fuck did we do this? Like, right. kind of scenario. So it'd be cool if they made a movie about D&D where it's like, they just go off the rails. It's like, hey, here's a clear cut where you're supposed to go. And they're like, nah, fuck it. We're going to try and fuck this bard or something. Like, Well, that, that was that was probably the problem. I mean, amongst many problems, but like the Uwe Bowl. Dungeon Dragon. Well, number films, one, it was directed by Uwe Bowl. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's that's definitely a, a huge problem just in itself. But I mean, it's it's a uh, a problem is probably because it's so focused that they weren't having fun with the material. There has to be kind of that middle ground between like, okay, you have a quest and a serious story there, but also you're having fun with it because that's how uh, uh, a campaign goes in D anD. So what the Uwe Bowl movies were doing were too serious. And the Dungeons and Dragons movie that came out in the 90s was too goofy. So you have to find the middle ground. (laughs) Right. And it's like, I'll be honest, if I was to like, if somebody was like, what kind of formula should we do for a D&D movie? I'd be like Princess Bride. No. And and you know what I mean? I'm like I said, I'm not super excited about this movie. It may turn out to be good, but it does feel like the trailer has a little bit of a Princess Bride kind of. Yeah, that's kind of. So I don't have high expectations at all. But if I go in and it's a D&D movie that's passable, hey, fuck. I think that's what everybody kind of did with that Warcraft movie. 
that wasn't even passable. That was shit. <laughs> but I think I think that's what they were hoping for. It's like if this is passable, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that did like, not how the happen. Fuck can you make a movie out of it. Did not Warcraft. happen. They were just like, hey, you know this crazy like all the stuff of Warcraft and all these crazy characters and species and stories we have. It's like yeah, it's like none of that. <laughs> yeah, zero. <laughs> Like you got orcs, you got people. Dean. <laughs> well, I mean that that's uh, and I'll okay. We'll come back to Scream Six because that's another good segue to talk about uh, Blumhouse uh, is making a Dead by Daylight movie. Yeah, video game films. Yeah, I think that's stupid. But uh, you know, uh, just the history of video game movies being what they are. <laughs> Yeah, not great. Um, except for you know, Last of Us is fucking cleaning house right now, but that's a series. Um, people are excited about. I guess you were excited about the Mario Brothers movie we've talked about before. Um, Fuck but, you, Chris. Chris Pratt. <laughs> Chris Fat. Not stupid, so fat. Stupid asshole, Pratt. Like <laughs> stupid conservative bullshit. Um, you and your God fearing stupid balls. Like. <laughs> You, your Jesus, come! Fuck you! Piece of shit! You fucking Amazon original bitch! <laughs> it's so weird. His career, his career has been taking such a strange path. But it anyways. really has. Like, it's the weirdest thing. It was like, okay, he's on a TV show. That TV show gets super popular. Now he's a fucking action hero. Like, oh my god, there's so much shit. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, he's just like, I'm on Amazon Prime. Like, it's like yeah. Woo-hoo. I'm on basically all the Tom Clancy adaptations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Problematic <laughs> as they are. <laughs> it's all the yay America special forces like fucking move uh, shows that are like strangely too serious for their own good. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, it, Dead by Daylight is getting adapted. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, popular video game, um, multiplayer video game. That's basically a... Um, you play as either a survivor or a killer. It's kind of been like the big thing that's been happening in these type of horror games recently. There's a, definitely a trend. But yeah. And they you, know, you play the killer, the survivor. And if you're the killer, you have to kill all the other people playing. If you're a survivor, of course, you have to find a way off the map before you get killed. They're making an adaptation of this video game. And, you know, the video game now has a lot of expansions and all that with a lot of... <laughs> like, I can't keep up with the expansions. There are yeah. so many expansions. Yeah, absolutely. And some of the expansions are cool because they start doing expansions and it's a whole bunch of IP characters. So you can play as Michael Myers or Leatherface Ghostface. or, you know... Yeah, Ghostface or Jigsaw or whoever. And that's fun. But, you know, the game had its core original characters before that which I'm sure will be in the movie. Um, but they had a core group of killers. And then they started doing expansions of introducing new original killers as well. Um, and the game is fun. I mean, we played a good amount of it. Oh, and, yeah. Played a shit ton of that game. Yeah, and it's always a, it's a fun series. So I'm interested in seeing what they do now make a movie. It's come from Blumhouse. It's another collaboration between Blumhouse and James Wan. Um I mean, the other collaborations they've done together, I've been a big fan of. <laughs> like, I mean, Megan this year was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Megan so I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they may be able to pull it off. Just if they're going to have fun with the material and they can adapt it in a proper way, then I'm here for it. 
Yeah, it's just kind of hard to adapt something like that in my mind because it's like, okay, which killer are you going to pick? Because everyone loves all the original core character killers. Like, they all have pretty interesting backstories. And then also it's like, are you going to focus on, like, actual survivors that you made up? Or are you going to, like, just have new people for the movie? Like, what what is your plot? Like, that's going to be the important part. In my mind, I think it's going to be kind of like what they did with goosebumps or what they did with scary stories to tell in the dark where it's going to kind of be amalgamation of everything we're just going to be like all the killers and like these survivors having to kind of go and instead of just focusing on one like in a slasher environment i think it's just going to kind of be like going through all the mythos we'll yeah we'll see i guess but you know i don't know i'm not writing the movie so i don't get fucked but (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's not my job um but yeah, I'm excited to see what they come up with. Uh, and on, on top of that, the other news is that um, Blumhouse ha- is making a video game subsidiary to their company. They're going to start producing their own video games. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. That could be cool. Yeah. And uh, all right. Should we hop into Scream 6 now? All right. Uh, yeah. We, we are going to spoil Scream 6 because it literally just came out like two days ago yeah yeah <laughs> so no spoilers um we'll talk about as much as we can without giving away you know the twists or anything like that we're just talking generalization so you don't have to like fast forward because we aren't going to spoil the film for you yeah uh, yeah scream six it is uh it's just a little over a year since we got the previous moment they since we got a yeah. decent scream <laughs> well i like this one and yeah. I, I feel like I, I need to rewatch this one i i didn't love it um but i i feel like i need to rewatch it just kind of appreciate the themes more um but yeah last year we had our um quote unquote requel which actually now in hindsight and just dawned on me because i'm a stupid asshole <laughs> the other day um that the the title for the last scream movie was so genius now with this one being scream six like the title is scream six and before how we were referring to the previous song as scream or scream 2022 where it's like oh it was already a satire of halloween 2018 or these other requels that just take the title of the old one and just stick it on there. Mm. But it's like, oh, that was a clever joke the whole time in and of itself. Um, yeah, Scream 6 takes a, uh, takes place a year after uh, Scream 2022. Uh, our characters are now in New York after surviving the events of um, the last film. They just happen to all be going to the same college. <laughs> they all got accepted in the same college in New York. Well, three of them did. The, the The older sister, our main character, just happens to be in the area because she wants to protect her younger sister, played by Jenna Ortega. Um, and, of course, uh, turns out, even though they aren't in Woodsboro anymore, Ghostface and the legacy of Ghostface is back to haunt them. So, um, even in the Big Apple. So... Uh, you weren't a huge fan of it. No. <laughs> what, were your, what were your thoughts on Scream 6? So, Scream 5, as I was talking to you about previously, is it's good tongue-in-cheek, like, hey, we're all in on this together. Ha, ha, ha. This is good. 6 was like, hey, do that again, but only that. Nothing else. Like, there's no... Don't give a shit about anything else. It's all, like, force that... Ch- 
tongue through your cheek. Like, and it's like, okay, this is not funny. It's just annoying. It had some of the most grown worthy dialogue. Yeah, I think so of a movie a I've seen in, in like a few years. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, unless we're counting Hobgoblin now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. It it fell flat for me. It really did. Um, it it was just like it's it's not like the acting was bad. It's not like the gore was bad. It was just I get it's okay. That's what I'll say. It's okay. It's not like a piece of shit movie or something like that. It, it was just like they tried to rekindle that kind of like joke and magic that they had in Scream Five, and they failed. Right. And yeah. it just, uh, I, I think the, the ending was also like, really, there's so many better ways you could have done this. Like, yeah, right. Um, right. Yeah. In my mind, what I, is it okay to like throw out what I thought would be better? Like, uh, maybe going too close to spoilers. Yeah, you might be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, maybe going too close to spoilers. Yeah, yeah it I'm just thinking. like in some of some of the lines where it's just like, "Really, you did that? That's what you did? Yeah. Like that's yeah. a really stupid plot point." But okay, <laughs> like, yeah, I think I think I was I, I think that the twist in the movie, I was underwhelmed by the unveiling of what happened. But um, yeah, it was really. Other ways, I. I but you know, there's also something clever I liked about it. But yeah, I mean, this movie, you know, if 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 Scream 2022 was like a commentary on requels and continuing a franchise by bringing it back, I think this movie has, and that's why I need to rewatch it um, just to kind of swallow the themes a little bit better, um, kind of see it again to to take in more of the themes. It's kind of a fascination with what a franchise is and what a franchise is lasting too long. And if we are retreading ground with the franchise. Um, and I think there, there are some points and things that they do that, that makes, makes sense in that argument. Um, and I think there are a lot of self parodying things with that. I think there is a lot of parody in it, but yeah, a lot of the dialogue I think is, is kind of poorly written. There's some things and some line deliveries. I was like, Holy shit. They actually put that in the movie, but then later on, it made sense why those lines were delivered the way they were. I don't know. <laughs> I I, I, like, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, uh, also, uh, a, like, there's a romance in the movie that is just like, what? Why? This is stupid and awkward, and I hate it. Look. Uh, well, okay, so there's a romance. Okay, there, there's, there's two characters that connect in it that actually like their chemistry and. Their, rom- their their romance. But there's a new character that's introduced in this movie that is another romantic interest. Oh, are you mean the hot guy who looks like he just got he off parole? Not. The guy who got off, like, who, like, literally every time he comes up, he's like, I'm sorry, I just robbed a grocery store. Like, <laughs> dude, me and Faith are talking about that. It was like, no, that's a grizzled motherfucker. Like, when they show him and everything, it's like, oh, the cute guy next door. I'm like, that guy? And he's just like, hey, Sham, how are you? Like, he has this weird voice and stuff. And I'm yeah, like, well, he looks like this drugged out kind of guy. No, he seems like, like a fucking Miami like, drug dealer. Like, it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's like, isn't he hot? And it's like, 
not really no like and, he looks like he'll shoot you like yeah and i think i think there's there, there's a purpose for it being that way is because he's supposed to be amongst the i mean this is a spoiler this this just goes with the franchise you're supposed to have a lot of people who could be the killer right and that guy whenever you see him it's like oh you're you have to be. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way. <laughs> like, I mean, he looks like one of those dudes you run into in an alleyway, and for some reason, like, he has a bunch of prescription medication bottles, but none of them have the same name on it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he is. When well, they're showing him, you know, and, they, and, hey, and uh, shut up. I mean, it took me a while, though, and, and, and I think as it kind of went along, I, I, I liked his I liked his character as the movie went along. I, I kind of got used to him, but yeah, it, the first few scenes you kind of meet that guy. I'm just kind of like, oh, so we're so this is the cute guy next door, huh? <laughs> okay, um, but here's what I'll say: the most unbelievable. First of all, the I I, uh, I think there's some really great set pieces in the film. There, there there's there's a part of the movie that involves a ladder that I think is really cool. I think that is a great tension building scene. Yeah, that, I think that was good. really well. Um, I think that there's a scene, uh, there's the scene that they show in the trailers that's in the bodega. That's kind of cool. Um, I think there's a lot of good, like tension scenes. The scene they show in the trailer in, in the subway is pretty well handled. Um, and that's also another argument I have. This movie was shot in New Zealand and it doesn't feel like a New York film. <laughs> like it doesn't, it needed that kind of like genuine New York feel to it. It doesn't Wait, really feel like it was shot in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't shoot in New York. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a lot of controversy of like, that's why people are upset that they didn't actually shoot it like in the city or anything like that. Because, you know, whenever you go and you back and you watch like movies from the seventies and eighties, that are shot in New York. Like you watch those old Scorsese films, things like that. New York can very much become a character in your movie because a city has so much life to it and so much history right? That, that it can add a lot to your film. And I think that's kind of missing from this movie, especially since you have this setting in New York city, it does feel a little phony, but um, for a good reason, but uh, it does feel like a lot of sets. There are some great set pieces though. Good action sequences. I do feel like, Ghostface is more brutal in this film. I, I think that, it, and that carries on from the last film. I think Radio Silence, um, they just kind of figured out how to amp up that violence for a new generation and make a more um, aggressive Ghostface. Uh, I, I do think that the opening is really cool. I, I like the opening of this film a lot, and I think it's a good little curveball. Yeah. Um, but it also introduces the most unbelievable thing in the movie. Um, and that's uh, Samara Weaving being a killer <laughs> film teacher. <laughs> I'm like, I fucking wish. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wasn't a fan. I wasn't. Uh, yeah, and, and it was cool seeing Samara Weaving at the beginning, also because it reunites her with Radio Silence since they did Radio Radio Not together, which is an awesome film. So it's good to see her working with them again for the beginning of this movie. There's a lot of dumb shit in this movie. Yeah, there's some. There's, I mean, there's some dumb stuff in there, and, and there's some character things. It, like, this isn't a spoiler for this movie. It's just because it's these characters in the last film. There, there's uh, so there's these twin characters in it that are that are Randy's niece and nephew, and I'm really annoyed by one of them. <laughs> 
there's one of them that I'm, I'm legitimately annoyed by in both films. And I guess that she's supposed to be endearing, but I'm, I, I, I just feel annoyed by her character more than anything. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, nobody's ever heard of Candyman. That's some underground <laughs> shit. There's that argument where I guess you could get away with it back and scream where you're talking about like, oh, well, you know, this is a very self-referential film where you have characters that are living reality and they're actually talking about really popular horror movies in the 90s that was more of a um, novelty than it is now. Now it's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a uh, film nerd. I'm a, I'm a scholar of film. It's like, yeah, I've seen all the Friday the Thirteenth movies. It's just like, ooh, <laughs> it's like I know everything about horror. Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, it is like they they throw out Argento's name in there, and they're like, you have some weird Argento freak. So it's like, oh, you mean good stuff? Like you mean like really good stuff? Like. And that's also why I feel like, you know, it may just be kind of like the tongue in cheek thing where Radio Silence understands. We're just like, yeah, we have these characters that think they know a shitload, but they really don't. Where, where they're like, oh, yeah, I like these films, but it's like, oh, Argento, who gives a fuck? But have you seen Candyman? <laughs> like, I, I feel like that may have been done on purpose, but still. Yeah, I, I mean, I like I like Mason Gooding in it a lot. I actually like his character in both films. I don't. Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son. You know, I, li- I like Mason Gooding in both films. I like Jenna Ortega in the film. I like, uh, I can't remember the actress who plays Sam. I like her. But but Savoy, um, as, as the other twin, I, I just... I like her as actress. I just don't like that character. Um, I find that character is kind of annoying more than anything. Um, That's how that whole movie was to me. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's, um, I think it's fine. I I liked it. It's, it's, it's far from my favorite. It's at the moment. I did a ranking of it on Letterboxd of the screen films on a uh, list that was cleverly known has screen for me my rankings of the screen films like anybody gives a fuck <laughs> and i placed it uh next to last um <laughs> like my least favorite soul scream three then scream six well scream three is uh, hard to beat that's a really bad one <laughs> it's it's a bad one just because you don't have Kevin Williamson's involvement in it, I think. And it feels like they were trying to do their own thing without Kevin Williamson because he was busy doing other stuff. Um, I think we talked about that way back on yeah, the H2O episode. Um, but, uh, yeah, he they, they decided to just kind of do their own thing. But, yeah, this one, I feel like with the rewatch, I didn't hate it. I, I, I still gave it a 7 out of 10. Um, really? Because it is some, yeah, because I think there is so much good stuff in it just filmmaking wise. Um, it's a real tense set pieces where I'm just like, Whoa, like I'm just on the edge of the seat, like set pieces I like and stuff like that. And some of the gore and things. And it was and, like I, a three or four to me. Huh? It was a three or four to me. There, there is a hilarious line that I laughed out loud in the, in the movie, uh, in the theater, whenever it was said. And, um, for some reason, they they introduce. They, I mean, I know why they do it, but she feels so out of place. This uh, Gail is back. Courtney Cox's Gail is back, and when she shows up, um, she shows up like once, and then she gets punched, <laughs> and then she comes back like in her next scene, and she's talking to him, and they're like, "Wait, is Sydney coming?" 
And she's like, Cindy won't be coming this time, but she wants to send her love. She really wants to be here. And I'm just like, that's how you dealt with fucking Nev Campbell not wanting to come back for this movie. No, that's how you dealt with not wanting to pay her what she's worth. <laughs> it's like, Cindy really want to be here. I'm like, I fucking doubt it. <laughs> I think she would have been if she wanted to be. <laughs> It was so fucking off, which is like, yeah. She, and so now Gail is in the movie and just feels like she's just kind of there. <laughs> she's like, hey, Gail, why are you here? Man, I don't fucking know. They have to have at least one or two of us come back from a previous movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. The- yeah, it's um, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Uh, I, I need to give it a rewatch, I think. But uh, other Scream 6, uh, speaking of Jenna Ortega, also it's weird. I, I guess Jenna Ortega's, you know, she's in her 20s now. But but she's like whenever they 20, yeah. But she's legal. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I don't think that's so bad. What I'm saying, she's legal because there is a scene early in the movie whenever she's at like a house party and this guy's trying to fuck her. But it feels like he's trying to fuck a kid because <laughs> she's she just seems like a kid to me. Funny <laughs> is a kid, like yeah. <laughs> like it was funny. Like after the movie, I was like, I was talking to some people in the theater. They're like, we loved it. And I was like, really? You're fucking dumb. I hated it. And you know, they were like, I'm sure they loved hearing that. <laughs> I, I you know I like to make friends by downplaying their emotions and opinions. Um, <laughs> and, uh, they were like, well, yeah, but what about Jenna Ortega? I was like, yeah, Jenna Ortega. I mean, that's the benefit, like, because we started talking about, like, Halloween and the Halloween kills and stuff like that. I'm like, it's definitely better than that. Like, and plus yeah. you got Jenna Ortega. And Paige is like, Blaze, you're like 30. It sounds weird when you say that. I'm like, I didn't mean it like that. The fuck? <laughs> it's like, she's 20, Blaze. I'm like, I, I, I didn't say I wanted to fuck her. I just said it was... If, never mind. <laughs> all Blaze was saying that hairs on the field play ball. That's all he said. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, it, yeah, it feels like because there's a scene whenever this guy is trying to take her up to his room to fuck her, and it just feels like he's like leading this like 14 year old up the stairs. Like she looks like a child. She does. <laughs> and, and nothing gets her Ortega. I like Jen Ortega, but it's just like holy shit. Like it feels weird. No, like, she's just, doing good for and, herself. She's doing good stuff. No, she is, and that brings us to a new next piece of news. Well, hold on. Which is- I just wanted to mention something. This is going to be a bit of a spoiler. Oh, a bit of one. But okay. it really fucking bothered me. Fucking all right. Fast forward a minute or two if you don't want a light spoiler for screen. It's a light spoiler. It doesn't have anything like super giveaway or anything like that. But what really pissed me off. Was where that guy's taking her to the bedroom. He's like, hey, she's drunk. You fucker. Like, don't do that. You piece of shit. And then they almost fight. And then immediately they go back home. And then he starts, like, going. At, like, then he starts, like, hey, I know you're fucked up. <laughs> Maybe I can slip it in. Like, it's like, well, no, it's fine, you, man. Like, no, it's, it's fine because she had that line where she says, Hey, I'm not drunk anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Like, it's not really a spoiler. That happens very early in the film. Yeah, it's it, I, that <laughs> bothered the shit out of me though. Where it was like, yeah. hey, you can't do that. But hey, for real, are you down? <laughs> just, well, that, that didn't really bother me. Just because, like I said before, I like I like their chemistry. I hate it. Really. I hate it. That's the thing I hate the most. 
Really? I thought, yeah, I thought it was garbage. I thought it was oh. so out of place, and I thought it was stupid. I don't think it's out of place because they're trying to make that character kind of like the new Dewey, especially where at, at the he will never be a, Dewey. <laughs> yeah, they're trying. They're trying to. Oh well, yeah, of course. Who who will? But there there's some things that happen in the movie that reflect something that happened to Dewey. Until also. he wrestles Nick Gage, and Nick <laughs> Gage stabs him in the neck with a light bulb. I will not give him the Dewey. Well, that's not Dewey. That's just David Arquette. No, it's Dewey. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, Nick Gage. Come on the show. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's it's. I I liked it more than you, but um, yeah. Okay, moving on. (laughs) But speaking of Jenna Ortega, Jenna Ortega is going to be in a. in talks, in talks to be in the new Beetlejuice film, uh, you know the Beetlejuice movie uh, that's been in development for like maybe thirty, forty years at this point. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it, it feels like there's always they've always been trying to make a sequel to Beetlejuice ever since the original one back in 1986, um, and they just haven't. I remember in the 90s, you know, they tried to do Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii. <laughs> Or like whatever, and then for the last, I feel like sixteen years, they've been trying to figure out how to do Beetlejuice two or bring it back. And that was announced maybe last year, the year before, that Tim Burton is on board to do another one, and that Michael Keaton will return. Um, They just know Winona Ryder is going to come back, which she probably is. But now Jenna Ortega is in talks to play Lydia's daughter in a new Beetlejuice, which makes you wonder who who the father is going to be. Uh, also played by Jen Ortega. Okay, Jen Ortega. Both <laughs> Jen Ortega with a mustache, <laughs> which will make this uh, a second collaboration between her and Tim Burton since they just worked on Wednesday together. So yeah, um, makes sense. How, what do you think about that news? That's fine. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'll just be honest. I, I, it's too late. It's too late to do Beetlejuice too. I, I think you're wasting your time, but go for it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It, it, it depends just what Tim Burton can be very hit or miss over the last 20 years. So Yeah, it's, it's going to be a miss. <laughs> I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. If Beetlejuice 2 comes out, actually, it's not going to be good. <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did you watch Wednesday? Yeah. Did you ever end up watching that? I watched parts what'd of it. What did you think of it? It's whatever. <laughs> yeah, same, same here. I mean... People really liked it. I thought it was fine. I, I mean, like I, t- I said it back when it first came out, I think it's a great adaptation of Monster High. I mean, it's the CW's <laughs> version. Yeah. It's yeah, like the much. bad, like, superhero TV show kind of style. Like, it's it's whatever. Yeah, it feels kind of cheap. It's but, very uh, cheap. And so is Tim Burton. So, fuck you, Tim Burton. You, lived, you, lived, you leave Timmy alone. No. Make a good movie, then I'll leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, he's made some good movies over the last twenty years. They just aren't consistent. Not at all. No. Anyway, whenever I see his name associated with something, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> just like I just immediately tap out. I'm like, I know what this is. I don't want to see it again. <laughs> um what other news do we have? Do we have? I thought we had something else. Um, there was something about uh, Screenbox getting a new exclusive. 
Uh, oh yeah, what's that? I didn't do any research on that. Uh, so uh, it's like it's a, it's a box office hit Vietnamese horror movie. Um, okay. And uh, apparently, like, it is going crazy in Asia. Like, they're like, yeah, this is the fucking shit. And Screenbox ended up getting the rights for it over Shudder. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> so, thankfully, I have both. <laughs> Shudder's like, okay, <laughs> we'll give you this one. Yeah, that, that feels like now that Screenbox is, like, actually a... um. Um, how do I put this? Actually, good now. <laughs> yes, yeah, Screenbox has got some good shit on there. They got some good yeah, shit yeah, on yeah. there. Screen when Screenbox first came out, it was fucking awful. But now it's it's it, since it got bought out by Bloody Disgusting and Brad Mis- uh, Brad Miska kind of you know helps out with it a lot. It, it definitely feels like it has a uh, more focus now, and and that and they're actually going to be competition for Shutter because Shutter was kind of the only game in town. But with yeah, everything that's happening, Screenbox is getting up there, man. They're, yeah. they're sneaking up. I, th- I think things are happening, and you know we we talked about this a few episodes ago, and I want to kind of go back and, and walk it back a little bit. Whenever I said like, oh, there was there was a lot of layoffs at Shutter and all that, you know, there was a big kind of layoff with a bunch of their workers, and they're reconsidering how to structure the streaming service. I want to put a caveat to that. that that's all streaming services right now. Yeah. It's not just shutters and trouble. It's, it's even Disney plus like Bob Iger just talked about an interview. You know, Bob Iger came back as the CEO of, uh, of Disney. And he's talking about how they're making a lot of cuts to Disney plus. It's just in general, streaming services are still in the grand scheme of things, still a new thing that studios are trying to figure out how exactly they're making money off of it and how much money to put into it. So they're still trying to figure out that balance, um, how to, you know, follow their numbers, how to project their marketing, um, and and, how to fund the content creators. What's that? How to fund the content creators. Yeah. How to fund the content creators, how they're going to get that money back. Like, are they getting from the subscriptions, whatever? They could take the Spotify route and just say, fuck you. I don't give a shit about what you give me. I'm just taking it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) What else is your other option? (laughs) Ha ha. Like, yeah. Anyways, you can find us on Spotify. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, fuck you, Spotify. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you know, Shutter is Shutter has. Yeah, they've been having trouble. They're trying to figure it out, and they, you know, it feels like they're merging more and more with AMC Plus, which I'm so worried that they're going to become just just a part AMC of AMC Plus. Plus yeah. yeah. Um, but and AMC Plus, I think, is also banking on Shutter because I think that Shutter has more membership than AMC plus. Oh yeah. You know, so they're trying to take a lot of their program. You can now watch Joe Bob like a few days after on AMC plus, but it debuts on shutter first. Um, so I, 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 it, I am interested in seeing Screenbox kind of become this competitor against shutter. Well, I think the smart thing Screenbox is doing is that they're not creating their own content they're getting rights to things from different places and being like, look, you can only get this in the U S here. Yeah. Like smart, which smart. Yeah. Uh, it's probably, it's, I mean, I'm sure it's way cheaper than making a fucking movie. So yeah, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you watched something on shutter recently that you want to talk about briefly. Yeah. I, I, I finally took your advice and it was on there and I watched, uh, uh, God, what's his name? He's got a funny name, the director. 
Oz Perkins? Osgood Perkins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I watched his uh, Gretel and Hansel movie. And it was, I, I don't know why people shat on that movie so hard. I told you. I told you it was good. No, it was good. I was, I was kind of shocked. I was like, fucking, damn. Fucking Ellis Creek is fucking awesome He's in that movie. fucking creepy in that movie. <laughs> he nailed that shit. Like, I mean, the sister, she's fine. But the brother, I mean, he's a child who sucks. <laughs> but Alice Creek, she made that fucking movie. Yeah, it's, uh, I like, I liked it uh, a lot. And we talked about last time since Oz Perkins has that new movie coming out with Nick Cage and all that. So we were talking about Gretel Hansel, and then like right after we talked about it on the episode, they put it on Shutter. So if you guys haven't seen his Gretel and Hansel, uh, you should check it out. It is critically underrated. Yeah, it's very good. I mean, it came out in January of 2020, right before the pandemic. And I feel like kind of just, I don't know. I think people went and saw it, but not a whole lot. I think kind of got brushed under everything. Yeah. You know? No, it was a good movie. Uh, I enjoyed it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that brings us to our main topic. It sure does. Look. <laughs> As we continue on with. Mini Monster Mania. Let's go into trailer time. Trailer time. For 30 years, a sinister secret lay hidden behind these walls. I don't want to have to remind you a second time. Just stay clear of this area. But there is something mysterious about this place that draws him closer to the truth. Going in for a closer look. Stop whatever you're doing! Don't go near the vault! And tonight, that secret is going to come out. The Hobgoblins are back. We're too late! And they're looking to party. Oh, I recognize anywhere! Stop breathing all over me! You must be happy to see him. No one is safe from these cagey critters. These creatures have a power. They can tap into your brain, sense the things that you really want to do. What's wrong with that? They also try to kill you. But first, they will grant your heart's desire. Do you kiss on the first date? I go all the way on the first date. My kind of woman. Then they will uncover your most secret fantasies. Amy would never come to a place like this. Miss Oh my God. And when your wildest dream is about to come true. Get off the stage. These gruesome gremlins turn it into a nightmare. What's going on here? Just a problem involving some small predators, sir. We need to stage a diversion. And I have just what you need. Because getting everything you want can be hazardous to your health. Or is it pretty? Hobgoblins, they'll make you party. And rally crowd tonight. Till you drop dead. <laughs> All right. Hobgoblins. 1988. Yep. <laughs> uh, directed, written, produced by Rick Sloan. Uh, it is a low budget. <laughs> low budget. It had to be a mund- money laundering scheme. <laughs> he shot, okay, so they shot it in a week. Uh, 
The budget was fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> it's more than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was uh, uh, shot without permits. Shocking. Why do you need permits? You know, shot in like three places. Yeah, without permits at your house? <laughs> it was uh, allegedly, allegedly, and I think it's complete fucking bullshit, but Rick Sloan said that he wrote the movie before Gremlins came out. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> sure he did. That's Rick why Sloan everyone did. remembers Rick Sloan. <laughs> For his truth telling, <laughs> <laughs> is he known as a is he, is he known as a liar? Uh, can I be? Can I? No, I just say like Rick Sloan. Like you sound like a scumbag. <laughs> like, I mean, your name sounds like somebody <laughs> like a skeezy person. That's Rick Sloan. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's like a he's like a he looks like a loan shark. <laughs> and he's like you better pay up i gotta fund hobgoblins too <laughs> so his his uh his career i mean he made hobgoblins and hobgoblins too he made like some other shitty movies but uh the only other big like series he did he did a series of movies called vice academy which were like low budget skin flicks like the first one had Linnea quickly starring in it, but like they're all like scantily clad women cop films, so they're like you know uh, softcore pornography basically, <laughs> um, without the charm of like um, the Andy Sedaris films like Hard Ticket to Hawaii or anything like that. <laughs> it's not charming like those films. I mean, I wouldn't even call that softcore porn. I mean, it was just scantily clad dressed people like. Yeah, those movies are actually good. I fucking love that. Movie. <laughs> I mean, those, those Andy Sadaris films are are fucking great. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Rick Sloan, uh, he made this. Like I said, just shot in a single week, fifteen thousand dollars. Most of the actors in the movie, except for two, we'll talk about later on, um, didn't go on to have a career. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> uh, the main characters, most of them, this is their only movie. <laughs> What about Amy? Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, this is her only movie. She's the worst. She's, she's, fucking the fucking, she's a bad person. <laughs> she's a fucking awful person. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say that. Uh, yeah. So there's three people I've seen this movie in something else. Um, apparently there's somebody else. That's also another things we'll get to. But um, yeah, this movie has been riffed on not only MSK MSTK 3000, but also, uh, or MST3K, Jesus fucking Christ, but also Rift Tracks and Elvira. They all made fun of this movie. It's very easy to get. Um, Didn't uh, Shatner do one on his full moon thing too? Yeah, probably. He had that full moon show. And that was yeah, probably. Really st- um, John Carradine was approached to play the, the man that owns the studio in the film. Uh, and of course they wanted, um, him to get paid and <laughs> Rick Sloan was like, Oh no, he's too much. <laughs> like how much? A hundred dollars. Oh God. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'd been a pretty fucking old John Carradine at that time. probably right next to when he died. John uh, Carradine, man, that guy. Yeah. He really uh, did whatever. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, 
What else? What else? What else? Um, uh, Sybil Danning was considered for a role in this movie. Um, they they couldn't afford her. Of course they couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you two guesses who Sybil Danning was supposed to play in the movie. Amy. <laughs> no. Daphne. <laughs> Amy. Daphne. Huh? Daphne. No. Fantasia. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah. Let's get into it. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, all right. You want to take point? Uh, no, we'll share. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll go first. I'll, I'll like I'll go pretty damn far. I'll, I'll I'll go until they get to the best club on earth. Okay. And then you take it from there. How's that? Okay. That's fine. Okay. I feel like that's fair. I'm taking like 60% of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh. When we get that part, I'm just going to walk off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so we start off at this, uh, uh, a studio, uh, lot. And for some reason there's two security guards there and it's like, Oh, we don't do anything at the studio. It's like, why are there guards here? It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's a film studio. It's a film studio like, that has no nobody filming there. It is just at night. <laughs> They're there just at night. Yeah. So, blonde-haired dude who's not really important is sitting there rocking out badly to tracks that he cannot mime correctly. Um. Uh, what's the what's the old security guard's name? Mister McCready. Mister McCready. Yeah. Mr. McCready, the old security guard, walks up on him, sees him fucking around. And he's like, hey, you're supposed to be answering the phone, watching the gate, and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, okay, old man, fine. And he's like, <laughs> all right, we got to go do our rounds, you piece of shit. So they start going and doing their rounds. And he's like, oh, you know, this used to be a really bustling studio. Like, everyone really liked this studio. And he's like, cool. That's uh, that's great. <laughs> So it's like I and then he goes, he's like, hey, what's that room there? He's like, you don't need to check that room. Nobody checks that room. Don't look at that he's room. Like, he's like, it's, it's a vault. You're wasting, it. yeah, it's a vault. You're you're it's wasting your time. There's nothing there. Yeah. And so after so he's like, oh, I got called up by the big boss. I gotta go meet with him. Uh, you just finish the rounds and don't worry about that vault. Obviously, guy goes into the vault, <laughs> which is and also the boss. The boss is a recognizable character actor that's only been in one other movie. But whenever I saw him, I'm like, oh, that's the dad from Slaughterhouse. Oh yeah, it is. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah. Um, so, guy goes off talking to the. Mr. McCready is talking to his uh, boss and his boss is chewing him out about some shit, which is like, why the fuck are you chewing him about anything? Like there's, there's nothing happening. Like, there's nothing. Yeah, why are you even here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the boss here at this late at night, just yeah, sitting there. Yeah. Just looking in your briefcase. So the other guy, we go back to the other security guard. He's opened the vault. He went on inside and all of a sudden he's on a stage 
and he's got a microphone from people are cheering and he's like, woo, I'm a rock star. And he started, nobody's there. Nobody's there. And he's also not singing anything. He's just occasionally grunting into the microphone. Yeah. And he falls (laughs) off the stage. Like he falls and then the guy, Mr. McCready can't get him on the walkie talkie. So he runs down there and he's in a pool of blood. I'm like, you fell two feet. <laughs> like, I don't know how you're in a pool of blood. And he's like, oh, no, not again. And he locks up the vault and he goes back to work. <laughs> and he gets called in by the dude again. He's like, hey, where's the other security guard? He's like, he quit. <laughs> he's like, damn it, McCready. You need to be keeping people here. Like, this is your fault. I'm going to give you one last chance. You hire somebody and you keep them. And blah, 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 blah. And he's like, okay. And he hires, uh, I can't even remember the main character's name because he sucks so bad. Kevin? Kevin. Is that his name? No, Kevin, Kevin's the the army dude. No, that's Nick, isn't it? No. Oh, yeah, Nick is, Nick. A, Nick is a, Kevin is the main character. Nick is that's the right. army dude. Kyle, Amy, and Daphne. Yeah, that's right. So we have Kevin shows up. And- I guess it's supposed to be. Just like, just like fucking Munchies, they try to do the Zach Galligan character. They try to do the Billy Pelcher, but they just suck. Yeah, <laughs> they they're really, 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 really bad. They can't. Do, they don't have the charm or likability of Zach Galligan, and also uh, just the, the the writing of those movies where Billy Pelcher is an actual likable character that you actually root for. Yeah, Kevin's annoying little prick. He's <laughs> really fucking annoying. And um, so he's like, yeah, I really need this job and blah, blah, blah. And then McCready's like, well, you seem very responsible for your age. You're hired. He's like, wait, you you don't have any of those air radios, do you? (laughs) What the fuck he says? Yeah, he's like, you don't have one of those radio players with the headphones, do you? He's like, no. And he's like, good. That's great. Because that was a huge flaw in the previous guy's character. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. That he wasn't responsible. He listened to his rock music badly, <laughs> poorly. Yeah. And so they go around, and he kind of shows him the ropes and talks about how great a studio it used to be. And he heads back home uh, to introduce his girlfriend, Amy, uh, his, her best friend, Daphne, and their f- weird friend Kyle, who I guess they all live together or something. I, I, so was the line I, I may have misheard because I thought when we first got there, Amy was mad because she's like, "Hey, your friends are here." Yeah, that's right. But she's like, but then later on, she says Daphne's her friend. Yeah, Daphne's her best friend. Yeah, but at the beginning, she's upset because they're both no. You there didn't hear that wrong. That's family. true. I didn't even yeah. think about that. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> like, so she's being all weird. and yeah. So, so our characters are Kevin, who's our boring protagonist that just whines all the time. Amy, who's his complete uptight bitch girlfriend. <laughs> um, Daphne, who is, for lack of a better term, the slutty character. 
the per, the promiscuous character and uh, uh, Kyle, who is his weird fucking virgin friend who calls phone sex lines at his house at other people's fucking houses <laughs> all the time, like all the time. And it's like, and they just tell him really weird fucking shit and he gets off on it. They're like, Oh, Mr. Zookeeper. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like what? Like, and he's like, Oh yeah. That's my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. He pretends like it's his girlfriend. He's like, Oh yeah. You haven't met her. Uh, she, uh, don't worry about it. And Kevin's like, Hey, you are always making phone sex like i gotta call the phone company and tell them that we're not making phone sex like he's like yeah that's so weird even though he's like having a phone sex conversation in front of him here's the thing first of all he has the magazine ad he has like the the ad for the for the sex line right yep that he clearly has his hands that kevin should be able to see but Besides that, he calls his number so many times. You're going to tell me he didn't just memorize the fucking number at this point? Yeah, <laughs> like, why did he the ad around? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're in the 80s, man. I remember being a kid, and it was like, nah. If I wanted to call somebody, I knew their phone number. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We're old. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> Even though we weren't born in the 80s. No, yeah. we were born right after the 80s. Yeah. Which is still 30 years ago. <laughs> right, right, right after. <laughs> um, so, where was it? Yeah, so they're introducing the characters very poorly. And all of a sudden you hear a really stupid car horn go off. And there's some douchebag who's just kind of like cheesing in the seat. And Daphne's like, oh my God, it's Nick. Nick's back from the army. Oh my God. He's back from basic training. Yeah. He comes out and they were like instantly making out and they're like, well, let's go fuck. And she's like, yeah, let's go fuck. That's not what happens first. No, I, I, what happens first is there. he's like, oh, I'm a security guard. He's like, I should teach you close quarters combat. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, why? Yeah. And Amy is being a complete asshole. Yeah, she's like, no, you need to learn this. You need to do this. And then so he starts fighting this army guy with a hoe and a rake. And it like, for, for some reason, I don't know who uh, I forgot who did the music on this, but everything, every time anything hits anything, he hits a keyboard key and it's really fucking annoying. Yeah. It's really yeah. annoying. So they, Ellen, Ellen, Der, Ellen, Dermar, Derosian. I don't care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's a nobody. Anyway. Um, so he just hands him that. He's like, let me teach you close quarters combat. Block this. And they just start like hitting sticks together for like an unreasonable amount of time. And then he like turns around and starts beating him up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like for no reason. And instead of Amy being like, Hey, that's not fucking cool. You're supposed to train him. She's like, you embarrassed me. Like, how dare you embarrass me in front of everyone? It's like, you fucking bitch. Like, like he just got out of the military. I'm a security guard, and I started yesterday. Like, like the idea of him wanting her affection and her acceptance so much is the dumbest fucking plot. Yeah, <laughs> so you're like, no, yeah. Like, and then he goes he- to work and complains about it to McCready. 
And McCree's like, maybe just leave her. Yeah, he's like, maybe. He's like, why would she want you to do that? And it's like, well, she wants uh, me to impress her. It's like, why? (laughs) That's weird. (laughs) That's really weird. Like, like if anything, if you were in a relationship, you would hope that, like, if you got your ass kicked by somebody, they'd be like, oh, my God, are you okay? Like, that's awful. That happened. But no, she's like, I'm in embarrassed because you got beat up it's like fuck he doesn't know how to fight like who trained him how to fight like yeah why are you embarrassed why why is she supportive of your boyfriend like it's the whole thing that she's like very prudish and like won't have sex well yeah and then it's like you know he makes a comment where he's like hey you got so good the bag is that new music and he's like no it's a movie that me and amy are gonna watch. oh my god yeah <laughs> and they're like what this is from the kids section and amy talks about like well he knows i wouldn't want to see anything blah 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 yeah. and it's like okay and then and daphne's like i mean nick doesn't get anything for us without an x in it because she loves Fucking. She really <laughs> loves her it. Whole character. <laughs> That's her whole plot. And yep. uh, so we go back to the studio. He's talking about how his girlfriend does, isn't, isn't impressed by him. And he wants to impress his girlfriend. And McCready's like, That's weird. Okay. <laughs> like, and they start doing the rounds again. Lo and behold, he's like, oh, look, a vault. Uh, that's a crazy vault you got there. Can I go in the vault? And he's like, please don't. <laughs> please don't go in the vault. Like, I'm begging you. Do not go in that vault. And he's like, all right. As he's opening the vault. McCready <laughs> like, <laughs> leaves for six seconds. Yeah, nothing even happens. And then all of a sudden, it's just like flash forward hobgoblins are there <laughs> well yeah but so does that one guy show up before or after oh There's it was before that- i'm sorry that's yeah. right because he was looking for him and so this guy comes up for some reason to an empty studio some greaser guy and he holds up the old dude with a knife <laughs> and then kevin shows up because he saw him on a security camera and he shoots a gun in the air. He's like, hey, leave him alone. Pow. And the guy- which, is, which is clearly a cap gun. They, they literally, in the trivia on IMDb, says that they bought that cap gun for $5 at a local store and just painted it. <laughs> yeah. And the guy's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and he just runs away. And they're like, okay. I'm, he's like, I'm going to call the police. You go look for him, but don't get too close. And it's like, why? <laughs> like, what is he going to do? Like, kill your shitty boss? Like, <laughs> no, we want that. <laughs> and um, so Kevin thinks he ran into the fucking vault, and Kevin opens mm-hmm. the vault and hobgoblins come out that's pretty much it and they slowly chase mccready and kevin on a golf cart through the studio very very slowly and i would say puppets that rival munchies like they look slightly better than the munchie puppets slightly they look better than the the, the best piece of trivia about about the um 
There's lots of other hobgoblin puppets, but um, they were operated by a woman who had just been released from a mental hospital. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 that explains that. Because <laughs> like, oh, you're uh, like, what the fuck are these things doing? <laughs> in, in the trivia, uh, Rick Sloan, uh, he didn't see the puppets for hobgoblins until the night before the day of shooting. <laughs> Uh, what else? Oh, this is interesting. The film studio was in a parking lot that was deserted at night next to a crack house. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and apparently the hobgoblins in the original script, original draft, you weren't supposed to see their whole body, just their eyes. That would have been better. Yeah, probably. I mean, I mean, it's, it's the rule of thumb with like your monster effects and stuff like that. Right. Sometimes the less you see, the better look at fucking jaws is like the perfect example you know they couldn't get that they couldn't get bruce to work mm-hmm. like they wanted to so they just shot around them and it made the movie better you know you only see the shark what two three times in the movie i think um, yeah, yeah the one where the comes up on the body mm-hmm. yeah um so I mean, yeah. If you can't, if your budget doesn't allow you to show the creature without looking fucking stupid, you should probably figure out a way to like not fully show its body. Yeah, which you know, the eyes would have been perfect. Yeah, um, um, it would not have made the movie that much better. I won't lie. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> but um, where was I? Yes, yeah, so they're being slowly chased on a golf cart, right? And they stop, and McCready just goes off. He's like, no, no, I've worked here for 30 years, making sure they don't get out. No, no, 30 years of my life gone. No. <laughs> He's like, like, what are you talking about? He was like, oh, so I was working at the studio as a younger man, and then I saw a fireball in the sky, and then this thing on the ground, and then they came out, and I thought to myself, are they good or are they bad? Uh-oh, they're bad. They make people see things that they want to see and do things that they would only dream of doing. And it was like, really? It was like, yeah, it tore everyone apart. It was awful. It was like, that's, that's all the background you have? It's like, yep, that's it. <laughs> that's it. And so the, the hobgoblins, for some reason, know where Kevin lives. <laughs> and they go there first. Not really explained why. Because it's one of three sets they had. Yeah, it's one of three sets they had. Um, so they are having a very uh, well. Actually, let me state this: McCready says, "I'm going to stay here. You go get him." <laughs> like, and he's like, "Okay." And it's it's very strange. Um, so now we're at a very very awkward dance party. At the house where it is Daphne, Amy, and Kevin, and Daphne pretty much Kyle. Kyle, fuck. Yeah, Kyle. And uh, Daphne is just shit talking Amy the whole time. Like, come on, come on. And it's like, what the fuck? She's dancing just like you. Like, what are you? I don't understand. And then Daphne hears the horn of uh, Nick. Nick's vehicle. Nick's vehicle. Yeah, and you see a hobgoblin outside holding like a little tiny hand horn, 
And you're like, what? <laughs> like, number one, how did it know who Nick was and what his car sounded like? Right. And number two, how did he know to go to Kevin's house? So whatever. Uh, Daphne goes out and she's like, huh, I know his horn. He must be looking for parking and just stands there. And then Amy comes out and is like, you, I heard Nick's, where's Nick? I heard Nick's car horn. Yeah, she's looking for parking. And it's like, oh, well, why did he park right there where he always does? And like, oh, shut up, Amy. You suck. I fucking hate you, Amy. <laughs> and it's like, and this time, is it, is it Kyle just in the other room on the sex line again? Yeah. And with Fantasia. Fantasia, yeah. Who, like we said before, just tells some really weird fucking stories and he gets horny about him. Yeah. Um, where was I? Yeah. So Amy's like, I brought your jacket because I thought it was cold. She's like, oh, fuck you, Amy. <laughs> like, I hate you, Amy. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck Amy. <laughs> and yeah, uh, so Amy storms off inside. And then all of a sudden, a hobgoblin is next to Daphne. And Daphne's like, stop breathing on me, Amy. And then it attacks her. (laughs) And then we have a long sequence where they're just throwing puppets at them and they're just kind of frolicking around with them on the ground. And then Nick actually does pull up and he goes, oh, wow, that looks like a kinky new dance. (laughs) And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) So he goes in. All the hobgoblins start attacking them. Kevin shows up at the house just in time. Somehow throws them all into Nick's van. As one does. Yeah. Um, and he goes inside. He's like, we all have to be really careful. Like, let me explain exactly what they do. They'll make you see things and do things you would only imagine doing. Blah, 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 blah. Did you say they turn the lights on to, to scare them away? Yeah, turn the lights on. Yeah, the lights, light is their weakness. Yeah. So, what was I saying? You fucked me up. Well, he's explaining how to get rid of them. Right. And... So he's he's just like, don't fall for anything. We all need to watch each other and blah, blah, blah. And Kevin's in our Kyle's in the other room talking on the sex line. And there's a hobgoblin sitting directly next to him. And all of a sudden the hobgoblin, I guess, like fakes Fantasia. And it's like, oh, wait, why don't you put down the phone? I'm outside waiting for you. And Kyle's like, oh, wow, this is great. And he goes out, and there's Fantasia. And she's like, let's go to, what was the name of the road? Red, uh, not Redemption Road, was it? Yeah, it was Redemption Road. Yeah, Don't know why. Um, she's like, let's go to Redemption Road. Redemption Road, and we're going to have fucking sex. And he's like, oh, all the kids go to have Whoopi. Oh, boy. (laughs) And they drive off, and Kevin comes out. He's like, where's Kyle? And they're like, we don't know. We weren't paying attention like you told us. He's like, motherfucker, I got to go find Kyle. (laughs) Goes and finds Kyle. Fantasia is now trying to push the car into a gully. 
Fantasia, who is more teeth than woman. Yes. Um, <laughs> Fantasia has more teeth. She, she's like, you know, you know, those wind up chattering teeth. Well, imagine that being a head on, on, on a female body. It's almost like a villain from the tick. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and yeah, because they go there and she's like, I'm not going to sex with you unless you get outside the car or unless you drive the car next to the edge of this cliff. And he's like, Okay. Like, I'm going to surprise you. And he's like, okay. And she just starts trying to push the car in the gully. <laughs> and not doing a good job of it. No. And then Kevin gets there and he tries to fight off Fantasia. Doesn't work. So then he sees the hobgoblin. And he hits the hobgoblin. Fantasia disappears. And Kyle's like, what? What happened? He's like, you idiot, Kyle. You fucking moron, Kyle. Like, they were trying to kill you. And he's like, what? Are you kidding? And then the car falls into the gully and they watch it explode. And he's like, oh, wow, you were right. Yeah, they used a uh, they used a uh, uh, piece of footage from a different movie. Surprise. <laughs> they used some uh, some footage. They did not actually blow up a car. Um, yeah, it, it, I, that's the one thing I like about the Hobgoblins, so easily dispatched they are. You're just going to just kind of hit them hit them with a stick they're done (laughs) (laughs) it's like cool we defeated them he just kind of gently hit them and they're like all right cool that one's done um yeah so they drive back and nick and daphne are uh, i guess finishing up having sex and they're like hey where's amy like i just saved Kyle here and Kyle's like, yeah, like they're, those things are fucked up. And they're like, where's Amy? And they're like, Oh, I don't know. She just went somewhere. And then they find out. Like, that, Did you really give a shit? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, really. And then they find out that Amy was talking about going to a place called club scum. And club scum is a notorious dive bar. And, so out of Amy's character, but the hobgoblins make her see what she wants, which is which is to be sexually free, I guess, and be the world's worst stripper. Spoilers, yes. <laughs> and then they all head to Club Scum, where I am going to let you pick this up. <laughs> they go to Club Scum, and uh, uh, Kyle immediately gets robbed by. <laughs> A, a Hispanic stereotype outside of the club. Oh yeah, very quickly. <laughs> and I don't, I don't exactly know what Club Scum is supposed to be because it's a music venue, but it's also a strip club, and it's also a VFW hall. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but but we're introduced to our first recognizable actor in the, in the film. And that is uh, Dwayne Whitaker, who people probably know from uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, he was the the uh, uh, pawn shop owner in Pulp Fiction. He's also in a bunch of Rob Zombie films and stuff like that. If you saw him, you know you know him if you saw him. Uh, but uh, yeah, he plays a front door man named Road Rash. Road He's probably the Rash. best character in the movie. <laughs> Road Rash is awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they try to get in there, 
And, you know, he's just letting people in for free. And then he sees our square ass main characters. It's like, come on, like, seriously, I'm not, I'm not letting you losers in here. <laughs> and, uh, he's giving them a hard time. He calls, they're like, listen, cause like, listen, I'm just looking for, for, uh, my, my girlfriend. Her name is, her name is Amy. Have he you didn't seen even Amy? say that. He just said, I'm looking for a girl. Just a girl. Yeah. And so road rash calls, uh, I can't remember the lady's name, Lucille, Trixie. some shit like that. What's that? Trixie. 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 That's right. Who's this chick that comes out that has a massive beehive, <laughs> a massive bee. She has like a Marge Simpson sized beehive, um, comes out and, uh, they have some banter <laughs> and then she goes back inside and it was all very, very funny. And so, he's uh, like, no, but seriously, you losers have to fuck off. <laughs> and they're like, okay. And then Daphne's like, hey, I'm here too. Uh, because earlier Daphne made a comment being like, oh, at least that's why I heard the club being, but I've never, I've never been there. <laughs> Turns out she has been there, duh. Of course she has. It. <laughs> and Road Rash is like, oh, Daphne, you're here. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about what happened to your boyfriend going to the army. Uh, but if you want to fucking bump uglies again, let me fucking know. Uh, everybody is super happy you're here because you've literally blown every person in this place at least three times. And she's like, hey, Ixnay on the X-say. Um, also, by the way, this movie is rated R somehow. I don't fucking know why it's rated R. Yeah, it's it, not gory or anything. Yeah, I guess there's maybe sexual innuendos, but there's no... I don't think they say fuck like one time. No, they didn't. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so she says it right in front of Nick, but he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> doesn't hear <laughs> Doesn't hear what she literally just told this guy. So they go into the club. Road Rash lets him in. Uh, there's all of seven patrons in the place. Uh, they sit at a table. Um, it is a depressing ass club <laughs> yeah it's very sad um a shitty band plays <laughs> the frontalis it, what are they called the frontalis the frontalis really something like that yeah they they song. Depeche mode. uh yeah they want to be depeche mode after after their um after like the first like chorus of the song i fast forwarded through the scene there <laughs> so <laughs> it's like 99 men and 99 women 99 balloons that have women and men and it, I'm, I'm like what the song makes no fucking sense <laughs> so i just kind of skipped their stupid fucking song uh the the mc though the mc of the night who's like introducing the band is this like really weird guy <laughs> ryan duran i think his name is right uh, Darren Norris is the name of the actor, oh. but he's actually a really famous voice actor. He does Cosmo's voice in Fairly Odd Parents. He also no does the dad in Odd Parents. Yeah, uh, he's the voice of Dad and Cosmo. And the, on there, he does like voices in like cartoons like Ben Ten, shit like that. A lot of Nickelodeon shows and stuff like that. He's a very famous voice actor. Um, but yeah, this is his first thing. And actually, why I got the role, um, even though. I guess Rick Sloan wanted somebody else or he, I think he, the, the MC wasn't even a character. It was like a very, uh, he small wanted part. somebody else, but wasn't willing to pay for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. He just liked the, how many cartoon voices Dara Norris could do. So he wrote a bigger part for him. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, he's like this really off-putting, weird character that's like the MC of the night. And he just gets like people just throw beer bottles at him and tell him to shut the fuck up, and they're really mean to him. Everybody's just mean to everybody in this movie. Yep. <laughs> like everybody's like the worst person ever. Uh so yeah, they're they're uh the, the band finally, thankfully for everybody's ears, they they end. Um, and they're all sitting at the table. They're like, I can't find Amy. And then Darren Norris is like, and now next up is our new lady. What's her stage name now? I can't remember. Amy Sinful. Yeah. Some stupid shit. Uh, <laughs> Amy sincere. That's right. Yeah. Uh, which, which usually whenever you turn into erotic dancer or stripper, usually you take a stage name that doesn't involve your real name. That's kind of the whole fucking point. So people can't uh, stalk you. <laughs> um, but, you know, Amy being uh, another fucking idiot, <laughs> just, just use her name. I'll be surprised if Sincere is her actual last name. <laughs> um, so she comes up there and everybody has like the old like Tex Avery, Big Bad Wolf with the little red riding hood scene. Like, you know, huh? A wooga. Yeah, like eyes pop out of their heads like, look at this chick. She's fucking crazy hot. But she's just standing there in a slightly unveiling outfit. Not really. It kind of it shows her shoulders, you know, and that's very, very <laughs> It looks like <laughs> you're going to the beach. <laughs> Um, and she's standing there with too much makeup and she's just kind of like standing there with her hands and her hips and she's just kind of winking she's kind of winking at the the audience and stuff and everybody's like we're going to bust their fucking load (laughs) everybody's just coming their pants over her and Kevin is so mad he's so mad (laughs) who Kevin? yeah he is so mad and you know what the best thing is? He just sits there and fucking takes it. <laughs> he Fuck just you, sits Kevin. There and you can do what she wants, Kevin, you piece of shit. <laughs> so, Kevin, you're better off. Uh, so she gets through her whole act. Uh, Kevin's like, Amy, what the hell, Amy? Amy, and, you uh, would never do this. And she's like, well, clearly I would because I'm here. Um, and she's like, instead, I'm going to Fuck this hairy door guy. <laughs> so her road rash go outside to watch the door together. <laughs> it's all there. He's just back at his post and she's just standing there and they're kind of like, they're really, they aren't even kissing. They're just kind of like hugging on each other. Um, and Kevin's like, darn, <laughs> that's, that's the end of that. <laughs> I guess I'm single. Yeah, and during this time, um, all of a sudden, uh, Nick's commanding officer from base shows up. Dude, yeah, no fucking reason. I mean, there is a reason. There is a reason. But I don't know why this is his dream. I mean, I kind of do, but he's like, hey, we have to send you on a special mission. So I'm going to give you 97 hand grenades and an Uzi, and I'm going to give you a bandana because you want to be a complete Rambo ripoff because you believe in the military-industrial complex <laughs> now because you went through boot camp and now you're a brainwashed moron. <laughs> and he's like, that's right. <laughs> he's like, yeah. You probably did, a hobgoblin probably didn't even have to do that. He didn't have to show it. That was just going to yeah, happen. No, that was just another week. He was just going to get deployed and probably get shot up anyways. The Hobgoblin was like, you know what? We don't even need to brainwash this guy. But anyways, uh, uh, during this time, um, 
Daphne is there, um, and she's fuck. What happens? See, they all they all realize that the hobgoblins are there, and Daphne is like, "Wait, why is your commanding officer here?" And blah blah blah, and he immediately starts hitting on Daphne. Um, and Daphne's like, "Listen, I may have had sex with everybody in this fucking place at least once, but I will not have sex with." The commanding officer. Oh, that's his thing. That's what the hobgoblins think her fucking dream is. Is that he's like, hey, you want to join our USO tour? And she's like, what do I have to do? It's like basically taking a bus and you're going to fuck. Yeah, you're going to fuck everyone on this bus. <laughs> and it was so awkward and weird. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> He's like, yeah, anyways, you're going to go in this bus and you're going to be your knees until everybody's served. And she's like, uh, I'm good. And the hobgoblin's like, God damn it, I could have swore that was her fucking Yeah, I really thought she would enjoy this. (laughs) It's like, man, this is going to be on my fucking productivity. It's going to be on my quarterly review. I'm going to get chewed the fuck out by the boss (laughs) hobgoblin about this. Um, So, uh, yeah, they realize the hobgoblins are there like, holy shit, we need to stop these guys. They're causing complete chaos. Um, uh, fucking, uh, I was just about to call him Chad. What the fuck is his name? Nick. Uh, he just starts throwing grenades and shooting up the fucking place. People start running. Um, and then he falls on his own grenade and he doesn't blow up. He just catches fire. And then he's just like, "Ah." yeah, I was looking at the pyrotechnics in that. I was, I was looking at the, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, none of this makes sense. Yeah. And uh and eventually he just falls down and dies. Uh spoilers, not really. Um uh and then Daphne takes a grenade and puts it down the the, the commanding officer's fucking shirt. Yeah. And, and then he, blows up he just stands there, he's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> And then an explosion happens in front of him. And he jumps backwards. He bounces back, and somehow that defeats the hobgoblin. Uh, there's another hobgoblin. They just hit with a beer bottle, I think. Or maybe they just push over. I don't know. They might just push the bottle well, over. Uh, yeah, and there was a hobgoblin that made the the host and Trixie start want to, like, fucking... And then dude slightly taps the hobgoblin on the head with a beer bottle. And then Trixie goes to hit the guy who's the the stage guy. And it was just like, boing, wow, woo, <laughs> like the entire time. Even though she missed every hit, like nothing yeah, hit him. He was laying on the ground, like kind of rolling around. There's all these cartoon sound effects. So fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. And so they, they easily, the, the hobgoblins are easily defeated. They go outside, and they're like, we did it. We're the and best. Amy's, and Amy's like, wait. Uh, we're all happy. And that guy from earlier that tried to rob the studio shows up with nunchucks. Yep. <laughs> and Challenges Kevin has a nunchuck fight. Kevin has a low energy battle with him, but he beats him. And Amy's like, hey, I actually love you now because you beat a guy up. So you showed a bunch of toxic masculinity, and that's what I'm attracted to, um, which I guess is uh, a good sign. It's whenever somebody wants you to be violent. Um, and Amy's like, yay, we can live happily ever after now. Um, and uh, uh, it looks like 
Kyle and Daffy are going to end up together. And then guess who shows up? Nick. He's like, oh, fine. Let's get to the van. And then they just start instantly fucking. fucking. Yeah. Kyle's like goes up to McCready, who just blew up the fucking room with the hobgoblins. Yeah, they go. They, okay. Yeah. They go back to the vault. McCready's like, hey, we returned the, the little hobgoblins. And he goes to his boss. His boss is like, hey, listen, like if someone gets hurt at night, then our insurance won't cover it because we didn't have security watching the door. You're fucking fired. It's like, well, that saves me. The, the That makes it convenient because I was going to quit anyways. And he goes and followed and it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you what I did in the military. I did fucking explosives. <laughs> I was a demolitions expert. He blows. He just blows the fucking hobgoblins up. Listen, the last couple minutes of this movie are legitimately actually kind of funny <laughs> because he blows them up. And then I can't remember what the last line of the movie is, but I thought it was pretty fucking good because <laughs> it ends so abruptly. Fuck, I can't. Oh, can I borrow your phone? (laughs) (laughs) Great punchline ending. Yeah. They're just sitting there like, good, we all did it. And Kyle's just going to borrow your phone and just credits, which is excellent. That was it. That was it. That's it. And they just show clips from throughout the movie. Uh, Hobgoblins is pretty fucking bad. It's not Munchies bad. I'll be honest. No, I don't think it's as bad as Munchies. Munchies, I was legitimately getting pissed off. Um, there's a little bit more low budget charm to this movie. It's, it's so it's awful. stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got off movie. Yeah, but um, it does have a little bit of like a little bit more charm than Munchies, which just feels so fucking cynical about why it's getting made. And, yeah, you know, doesn't feel honest. It's so fucking like this is made. like. I feel like everyone was trying. <laughs> That being said, I'm not going to recommend you watch. No, I'm not <laughs> recommend you watch Hobgoblins. No. It's not worth the hour and a half of your life. No. But it is better than Munchies. Mm-hmm. And if you are curious, you can watch it on Tubi. Or Full Moon. <laughs> or Full Moon. It's a Full Moon uh, streaming service as well. Uh, anything else to add about Hobgoblins? No. <laughs> no, there's not well, much that, to add. <laughs> that brings us to our next segment. Another curation of Blaze's Cabinet of Video Game Curiosities. All right. So, what video game have you been playing and would like to talk about? Well. Nope. We aren't doing that one. All right. <laughs> um, so, I actually got a, a kind of two. Okay. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is speaking of uh, Full Moon. Uh, I was going to wonder. I was wondering if you're going to bring this up. Yeah, they released a Puppet Master video game on Steam, very mm-hmm. kind of under the radar, uh, and it's by October Games and Full Moon Features. So it is an officially licensed Puppet Master game that is free to play, and it's actually kind of fun. So that's the most surprising part. You know, it's in early access, so graphics are meh, and there's not a lot of levels or anything like that. But you can either be a team of agents, like the Nazis, or you could be the puppets. And obviously, I always pick the puppets. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's that's a good decision. Yeah. So they have Leech Woman, they have Blade, they have Torch, they have uh, Pinhead, they have um, Jester, they have Six Shooter. And they all kind of do their own things like they do from the movies. Um, 
and you get uh, you can play single player or you can play with teams. And the teams is more like each team tries to complete more objectives and kill the remainder of the other team. Um, or you can play single player and they give you a list of uh, objectives that you have before you go back into the puppet master chest. So you can go, uh, they have like Raven statues that you have to break. They have other little like mini missions, like find a, a cursed object and then kill the agent. Which I cannot fucking figure out how to kill them at all. I do not get it because I like throw everything at them. I get them down on the ground and then they start their little bleeding thing. But then as like I'll be going at that and I'll get like halfway through the bleeding like to dead. And then it just auto puts them back at half normal health. (laughs) I'm like, I can't figure out how to fucking kill them. It's really annoying. But other than that, it's actually kind of fun. And I think when they, if they put some more work into this game, it could be something that's pretty neat. Especially if you like Puppet Master. Like, I'm, I actually really love Puppet Master. Uh, one and two mainly. <laughs> Anything past that? There's a lot of them. Not really. <laughs> but uh, one and two are actually good movies. So. <laughs> well, two is debatable, but two is silly and I like it. Um, I mean, the full moon. I mean, you know, I mean that that is the flagship series. That for, is the full moon flagship. And, full moon uh, it ended up being released on the 30 year anniversary of Puppet Master or something like that. Um, so def, uh, definitely check that out. Um, it's free to play on Steam. Uh, I don't think it's on anything else yet. Uh, but the, according to the full moon website, I think they're talking about putting it on console. Cool. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, check out, it's just called puppet master. That's all you need to know. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is game. I had previously talked to you about, um, because it was a demo that I'd played and I ended up getting the full version and I beat it. And that is the NB4 games, like the people who did from the darkness that we played together. You watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it is ninth child street. And I had talked to you about this before, and it kind of fits our agenda. So uh, you play as a young boy, uh, and across the way, there's a man who used to make toys for you. He disappeared. No idea where he went. And uh, you notice a light on in the house after years of being being gone. And you decide to investigate because you're an idiot child. And... You go in and it's very funny because it plays like you're a kid, like it walks around awkwardly like you're a kid. So you got like that flash, like kind of wiggling when you're walking around. You're like, fuck, being a kid sucks. And like you're kind of short, so everything's like bigger than you. And you get into the house finally and you find out that he has created more toys and you start finding these like brutalized bodies of children and stuff like that. And you find out he has been actually making toys out of actual children parts. Awesome. Yeah, it's like, it it gets really fucking morbid. I'm not going to give away anything. It's six bucks on Steam. I recommend it because it is just, it's morbid as fuck. Like that ending of that game, I'll I'll put, I'm just going to give this away. The ending of the game is a five-year-old hanging himself. (laughs) 
It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, <laughs> and it's because you know, five year old hangs himself and he's like, it's because I couldn't save the other kids and the kids were all tortured and there was nothing I could do. And I can't live with this anymore. And they like back out scene little boy. Angry. I have so many questions. Like, How that kid do to hang himself? <laughs> yeah, he had a chair. He had a rope. Hung himself. <laughs> but he had the concept of being like, you know, I, I have to, <laughs> I, I had to kill myself like the ancient Japanese did by Harakiri, which was hanging yourself yeah. from a light fixture <laughs> for the rest of the light fixture. <laughs> if you don't want to see this Baxter, you can leave the room. <laughs> Dude, it's like, I I have to admit, like, it was like, I was kind of like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Like, and the more you go into it, like, you get all the brutalized, like, brutalized children's stories. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then you find. So so this video game developer was put on a watch list. (laughs) Yeah, dude, it's It's morbid as fuck. It's really fucking morbid. Um, but I recommend it because of how morbid it is. Um, I did start playing Evil Dead the game. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. I, I haven't played online yet. I only played a little bit of the single player so far. Uh, it's repetitive. Um, it may play differently when you're playing with actual people doing like, you know, the team-based multiplayer stuff like we mentioned with puppet master and earlier about dead dead by daylight um that's what all these games are nowadays basically um but i don't know if it plays better as that but it's still it's cool just to be playing with ash and being in you know the evil dead locales and stuff and and the mission-based single player like the single player mission things um are, are just like Basically, each one is based on either the movie or the show. Right. So, like the first one is like you having to collect uh, your girlfriend's head and then bringing it to the tool shed and then getting this and then like going back and forth and fighting deadites. Um, but the but the gameplay is pretty you know standard, repetitive. Just keep on pressing the same button. Not a lot of flash to the combos or anything like that. Um, kind of the same gore effects and stuff. But I don't know if it plays different depending on what character you have or not. Um, there's some vehicle play, stuff like that. So you can get the Oldsmobile. Um, Thankfully, we didn't pay for it. <laughs> yeah, it's free on uh, it's free on PlayStation last month. No so more. I just downloaded it there. and um, It's okay, but you know, it's cool just to be an Evil Dead game. <laughs> I mean, I'll never beat that Xbox one. That one was awesome. Which one? I forget. Uh, it was like an overhead third person. There's there's the one that's like uh, Fistful of Boomstick, I think. That's the one. And then there's the one that they made after that where it's like him and that, that dead-eyed little person. No, nah, I'm thinking it's Fistful of Boomstick. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, no, both, of them were, both of them were pretty fun. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's Evil Dead game and that's cool. I, I gotta be honest. Like, I mean, I know the Texas Chainsaw game is coming out and the Killer Clowns game is coming out. But I'm kind of tired of like them all being kind of like the same. It's the same concept, which is that's I what, you know, it, it it is gets kind of old. I, yeah, it's like we ought to be this, and we're just gonna plug in our own characters and stuff. And yeah, if you're gonna make an IP, 
Like, don't do what the other IPs are doing. Do something. I would rather, yeah, I would rather have a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game that plays like one of the first person Resident Evil games. I would like a Friday the 13th game that's a platformer. That'd be interesting. That'd be fun. Yeah, why not? Yeah. You know, I, I would rather have some trippy, like, single player game that takes place in, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, where each, like, level is, like, a different kind of dream. Um, I think there's so much, th- so much you can do with these different IPs than just having, well, you either play as a killer or a survivor and then you chase them around. It's like, well, we've been doing this shit for almost a decade at this point. So let's, like, let's try a different formula. But, anyways, uh, I guess that brings us to our next segment. Yep. All right, then we have another entry into mythology biology. All right, so do we have a story involving little creatures? We sure do. All right. Thankfully, there is plenty of that in folklore. So today we are going to talk about lutins. L U T I N S. Uh, they are a French folklore, uh, mainly in the Quebec and Cajun areas of French speakers. Um, they are a type of hobgoblin. There you go. Nailed it. Um, so uh, their main goal is unlike with like the other ones where it's like, I just want to get drunk or I want some food. And if you treat me right, I'm not going to bother you. Their whole goal in life is to fuck with you. That's all they do. That's all they care about. <laughs> Um, they, th- their main things are, uh, they like to make food go bad. They like stealing your stuff and putting it in places you can't find, uh, nothing like death or anything like that. Nothing like murderous about them. Uh, but the weird thing that they mention is like, I guess their MO is, uh, hair and they love tying hair in knots. And that's actually why they believe, like, when you wake up from bed, you have, like, knots in your hair and stuff like that if you have long hair, is that uh, Luton was out to make it hard for you in the morning. So they would tie uh, knots in the hairs of horses and people and have also been known to cut hair off from unsuspecting people, which was another uh, way they kind of explained hair loss to children and stuff like that. That's what I love these folk these folk tales, which is like this is why we believe these things happen. They're just natural. <laughs> yeah, um, some of them have uh, special magical objects that they carry, and the famous one is a hat that bestows the power of invisibility. Um, they, but um, the way to uh, get rid of them or stop them from bothering you is the classic sprinkle some salt. They can't fucking stand it. Yeah, creatures hate salt for some reason. That, and that is the French Lutons. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. Another, another little creatures that just love being assholes. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like almost anything where it's like, it's a small creature in folklore. It's a dick. Yeah, like, that's, it's a that's what it is. Like. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, great. Um, that is a, another episode of Blade and Apples. Uh, thank you for glad to be back. Yes, it's good to be back. Uh, next week we will be talking about critters. It'll be our fourth entry. We're almost through our little mini series here. We've got two more episodes and then we'll be on to something else. We'll probably do some interviews and stuff like that. 
have a couple standalone movies that we'll see if we want to jump into another little mini series or not. But we still have two left. Next week, we're going to be doing Critters. And then the week after that, we'll be doing Beasties. Yeah. <laughs> Beasties, which is a full moon film. Um, well, we'll be talking about the classic Critters. Um, it's a classic. I don't know. People, people like Critters. It's not as good as Critters 2, but still. Um, I have a plug. Uh, if you want to follow me on Letterboxd, I've been very active on Letterboxd recently. And I have started a series on my Letterboxd account. Um, you can follow me at Ghoulboy, G-O-G-H-O-U-L-B-O-Y underscore Rudoy, R-U-D-O-I on there. Um, I've started a new journey through folk horror on there called Let's Do the Folky Pokey. <laughs> and I've already got uh, three reviews on there, um, of course, for the unholy trinity of Wicker Man, Witchfinder General, and Blood on Satan's Claw. Already up there, but I will be going through the different folk horror films. Um, not only traditional folk horror, things like that, that come from, you know, the British um, state of mind, but also other other uh, other uh, areas we're going to be talking about, like with Japan, Onibaba. We'll even, I'll even be going into uh, American folklore, which includes like exploitation, so things like deliverance, things like that, uh, Americanized folk horror. Um, so that'll be an ongoing thing over a long period of time. Um, it's funny, like in Britain and Europe, they're like, "Ooh, we're scared of people who like Satan," and here we're like, "Nah, they just rape you." <laughs> Much. <laughs> it's like uh, you know, um, uh, I, I to this day I call Texas Chainsaw Massacre a folk horror film, not a slasher. So I'll always have a little, and all my reviews on these. Let me be completely honest. These aren't in-depth reviews of each one. They're me being very silly. <laughs> so if you want just me being a smart ass of each movie, you can uh, read that and follow me and do the folky pokey with me. Cause that is what it's all about. Um, <laughs> uh, you got anything you want to plug? No, no, <laughs> no, I don't plug shit, man. I don't, I don't got shit going on. Uh, but you need to change that. I don't know. Look at my TikTok. Man. Yeah. yeah, you got TikTok. You, you, Blaze uh, puts guitar videos on TikTok at, is it just Blaze Bazaar or is, well, what, what is your TikTok name? Uh, I forget. Let me look. Jesus. No. <laughs> Uncle Blazer 120. Uncle Blazer, spelled B L A I S E R. No. You actually put the Z in it? Yeah, no, it's B L A Z E R. Jesus Christ, Blaze, you sold out. <laughs> well, no, man, because Uncle Blazer from Workaholics. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That that was a show. Um, I love that fucking show, man. But yeah, you can watch Blaze as a uh, Transformers cover on there and, and uh, some other cool guitar shit on there. That's fair. Like, <laughs> you got shit on there. I don't know. You did... Uh, what Street Fighter theme did you do on there? Ken's. You did Ken's. Ken's theme. Uh, recently did Luigi's Mansion. That's awesome. Uh, also did Are You Afraid of the Dark? I don't know what that is. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cover Eclipse of Dover. And what was the name? Another one, like uh, my best impression of Eric Rutan. <laughs> like. <laughs> 
His guitar playing, not how he talks. Like, I was about to say. <laughs> no, I didn't go, hey, my name's Eric Rutan. Like, <laughs> I'm on the show. Uh, yeah, so that is uh, where you can find Blaze, putting up those videos. So check us out on those. And of course, on Instagram. If you want to send us a message or whatever, you want to fucking email Not us. Not if. Send us a fucking message. We're sick of your shit. Yeah, if you want to email us or message us and be like, hey, we, we missed you. Where the fuck you been? I'm going to start messaging people who aren't messaging us. I'll see <laughs> I'll see the numbers and see who's watching. I'll be like, you didn't say shit. You didn't say a goddamn thing. <laughs> That's a threat. <laughs> you can ask Blaze how his battle with COVID <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. I'm still feeling shitty. <laughs> you know, there's so much. There's so much content in our lives that you can ask sure. about. You can email us at blended apples uh, pod at gmail.com or just on Instagram, blended apples podcast. Thanks to Stefan Mines for doing the art. I haven't plugged him in a while because we haven't had a show in a while. Check him out. He did the art for our show. Um, check them out on Instagram at Stefan Myers, S T F A N M E I S S E, or Colin Panther Tattoo on Instagram. He's an awesome guy, loves horror. We'll do some pretty sick art on your body. Um, but thanks to Blaze for being an awesome co host and not dying from COVID. Um, and being uh, doing, doing all the editing and all that. So, anything else to add? Nope. See you later, fuckers. All right. And remember, every day is Halloween, so please act accordingly. We'll see you next time. Ta-ta. Hey.